Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is first time, I can't believe it actually, Scott Stratton, who is the president of Unmarketing, a little company up there in Toronto, Canada. It's also written a well-received book by the same name, and just recently put out uh, one that we're going to talk about today, QR Codes Kill Kittens. How to alienate customers, dishearten employees, and drive your business into the ground. So, uh, with a buildup like that, Scott, welcome. Yeah, I just, I just thought you didn't like me. That's why it took so long to get here, and uh, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly glad we're, we're chatting now. It's probably, it's funny. It's, probably, yeah, you're the, you're, yourself, and your name is you know, somebody that I've known of in the industry, and probably the only person I haven't um, actually, you know, met yet. So it's amazing how we both. I think it's a, if, if one of us is at an event, the other one isn't. Yeah, I think and that's so, that is really that's what's really odd is that that I don't think I can't recall an event I've spoken at where no. you've been there at the same time. So no, I think it's like those samurai fighting fish. You can't put them both in the same bowl <laughs> at the same time, or there's trouble. Well, unmarketing and duct tape marketing. I don't know what that would be blended together. <laughs> so essentially, this book, QR Codes Kill Kittens, yeah, first off, it's a, uh, you know, it, it's in that, I don't know, I'm sure publishers have a name for it, in that I call snack size read. Right. Um, but uh, it's essentially a book of what not to do, isn't it? it it's exactly what it is. It's, I call it the a picture book for business people who are fed up. And uh, it really is just a, a smaller kind of hardcover I, I put it out there actually as a gift book for, for people who have business clients and they want to give them something different. And as long as you don't appear in it yourself, um, it's pretty, you know, there's enough books out there telling you what to do. So we figured let's do something to show you what not to do. Unless you're Jay Bear, then you, you get special um, appearance in it twice that you, you probably do want to buy this for your customers, right? I think Jay would. I think that the revelation of him and Happy Pets isn't so bad that he can't share it. That's right. So... Let me ask you this. I've been I've actually owned my own business for over 25 years and I've done dumb things all 25 years. I know people <laughs> that have done dumb things all 25 years, but is it are we doing more dumb things or is it just easier to get caught? I think I think it's the latter. I think that um as long as humans have been involved, dumb things happen. You know, I've been I've been leveraging dumb things for over a decade myself when it comes to, you know, what businesses do. I just think that not only are we getting caught more, it really is more public. Like a lot of the majority of that book, um, the, the screw ups have been kind of revealed within the social media channels that, you know, everything is publicized now that it's no longer that press release. That is the one thing we are allowed to getting out of our inner circle in the company. It's just, it's just so reactionary based now. It's so, um, um, kind of free flowing that uh, you realize that um, a lot of people either don't know what they're doing or don't think things through. So I'm all for the organic and community and connection, but um, there's some danger sometimes when you just release the hounds and let everything go. Yeah, and and that's obviously the double edged sword, right? Because we want stuff. I mean, it's now gotten easier to get more attention, right? Um, but it's obviously you know it's it's way harder to turn back that that big oops that that you know that goes viral as well well we don't have that's the thing is we don't have to like you know go let's go back five ten years if something kind of hits the fan and we have a a a reporter calls us and says you know what's your side of the story how does this work we only have to deal with them but you know once this toothpaste gets out of the tube now 
you're not going to contact you know, the hundred thousand people on uh, on Reddit who spread the uh, the screw up you just did yesterday, or you can't control it. You can't put that you can't put the dam up anymore. So you got to be you got to be quick and you got to be careful. Well, so so in a lot of ways, though, what's the message? You know, if I'm if I'm somebody who's thinking I need to do more of this, I mean, I deal with small business owners all the time. They're saying I need to be doing more of this stuff. And the only example they have, you know, is what they see kind of other people out there doing. And so they start to, you know, putting their toe in the water. And, right. and you know, sometimes you have to experiment, you know, with things you don't know what you're doing with it. And you're experimenting. I would say that's true of a lot of the, the social channels, particularly the last four or five years that came out. Yeah, um, it was really easy to look foolish, but it was also probably the way that maybe you landed on something that worked. Well, that's the thing is, is I don't, you know, I didn't set out to, to create the the book to to highlight people trying. You know, that wasn't the point. I have no problem with people trying or screwing something up and it's not working. That's not where my anger kind of gets pointed towards. It's it's usually towards the companies or the people who are you know teaching people the wrong way to do it or talk or just taking advantage of it or going the lazy way out where. I screw up things too. I tweeted from the wrong account three days ago, but it, had, it was of no significance whatsoever. So it's not a big deal. I don't. I don't. I don't think people or brands are are you know infallible that, that they won't make a mistake. My issue is the mistake is not I've hit the wrong key or I've just kind of I didn't understand that um, how to use a hashtag. It's more of I'm trying to leverage a hurricane for profit. You know, yeah, I'm uh, right, I'm going right. to sh- I'm going to publicly shame a customer for not tipping. I'm going to that's where I mean, you know, screw up. So I, I you, like you said, you and I both, we both screw up all the time. And you you only learn if you do wrong. But it's it's the ones who are doing it on purpose that I have a problem with. Yeah, I, I would say that one if there there are a number of hard and fast sort of rules, I think, in here. But that one of uh, you just touched on that, you know, showing up a customer or, or worse, you know, responding when you, I mean, I know you get these, I get these completely wacko emails from people that I don't know, I didn't offer something free enough for something, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, there was the, 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 the gut is to say, well, you know, screw you, yeah. mister. Right. Yeah. But you just have to let those go. I mean, because any, anything that you respond to is basically public. And that's where it's going to go. I saw I witnessed something a few weeks ago where somebody ripped apart a, a, a software developer or something, and he defended his company and himself, and he was angry. He's like, "Here's the proof. Here's when we wrote you back. Here's this and got." He was upset, and it made him kind of look bad because of his language. But I, I sat there and going, "You put your life and your heart and your soul into this stuff, and somebody comes out there yeah. and publicly rips you, and they're lying." Yeah. You know, that's where yeah. that's a that's a huge issue. Like I, I got some email today from people about we, like we've shifted over to to, you know, creating the unpodcast instead of just blog posts. And my list is used to hearing from me once every two months when I blog something. And now they've heard from me three weeks in a row with every, you know, every episode we put out. And some people are saying, you know, slow down. This is whoa. You know, why are you you're, you're promoting too much? I'm like, whoa, whoa, I'm promoting something more content, free content. And we're busting our ass to make it. And uh, um, I realized that we do have to take that brand high road because yeah. as soon as you know, as soon as you let, uh, you let loose, 
um, people will take that screenshot, they'll upload it and go, hey, look what this jerk said. And, and trust me, I have a whole legion of people waiting for me to do something like that yeah. so they can run with it because I, you know, I deserve yeah. it because yeah. of, I <laughs> pointed right. out for everybody Yeah, else. that's actually, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting observation. It was like Stephen Covey, you know, wrote the uh, seven habits of highly effective people and and you know, then turned around and wrote the you know seven habits of you know of, of I can't remember the exact title, but raising children. And so mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Stephen Covey's children had to be perfect. They had right? to, <laughs> because you're waiting. You're just yeah. waiting for one kid to steal a chocolate bar, and you like you call him a fraud. <laughs> and so I, I'm sure that does happen to you a little bit because you have so sort of willingly and vocally pointed out you know miscues. I'm, I'm sure people are waiting for you to to send out that uh, default LinkedIn message. And I and I, you know what. I'm okay, and I'm okay with that because I think when you polarize, you, you do push people both ways. Exactly. I don't think you can have a strong brand to me that, that creates a vicious, loyal following without having the other side of it. And, I, and when I do take heat for something, I, I, I eat it. You know, I'm, I'm, I have to take it because yeah. I dish it out and it's the ones who, who dish it out and can't take it. Is, um, different. But I'll stand up and I defend myself and I'll – because most people won't. And, um, and also, you know, and that's where for me, if I'm going to be loud against brands, I'm going to be loud defending mine. And I'm also the first to admit when I've messed something up. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, you just marketing lesson 101 there, is, you know, one of the ways that you are able to stand out from a crowd is, is to take, take a stand or find some way to differentiate from what everybody else is doing. And, and you gotta, you gotta stick with it. And I think, I think as long as the, as long as when you're taking a stand, you actually believe what you're taking a stand about, you know, we've seen, we've seen some, some, a lot of examples of, you know, artificial outrage or something, you know, where you, you you take the strong stance because you think it'll be popular. And if you don't believe that, you know, if you don't have the conviction behind it, it's going to fall pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, there's few, uh, I used to always tell people that, that, if you really truly believe in the company you're working for and the product you're selling it, you can probably sell it, you know, without any skill, mm-hmm. you know, cause it'll just, it'll just come across. But the, the flip side of that is not always true. You know, it's pretty easy to see when somebody's, when somebody's not really that enthused about what right. they're doing. Yeah. You know? Well, let's flip uh, to a little different uh, message. The, I, I, as I read through this book, I don't often uh, laugh out loud uh, when I'm reading a <laughs> business book and, um, you know, this is in a lot of ways. This could be marketing stand-up comedy. Right. Um, so I, I do. You essentially is this uh, is this sort of this book sort of pasted together some of your routines? Yeah, it it, it does. Where I, I my greatest compliment I got it yesterday as well was the the George Carlin of, of marketing. Where you know <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell it like it is. I'll make you laugh, but I'll make you think. And uh, uh, Louis C.K. of marketing was nice to hear once too. Um, and, and even the Henry Rollins of marketing. So. Um, I, that really is my world. If I, you know, I do, I do talks for a living or, you know, I write those books and we do talks and humor is a huge part of that. But I think if you laugh, you listen. And, and once you start listening, then I can make an impact in there. So, you know, I, I smack people in the face with the humor and it's, you know, it's self-effacing, it's industry effacing. It's one where we look, look at ourselves and say, really, you know, are we really doing this? Are we really going there? And luckily for me, so many, you know, talks out there and business talks are so dry that um, I can come, kind of come in there, guns a-blazing, and people say, why don't you go into comedy? I'm like, well, it's, I can be a mediocre comedian, 
or one of the funniest business speakers out there. And I, I'll, I'll take the business one for now. Yeah, that's right. And unless you're in uh, on Comedy Central, it pays a lot better too. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think that the, 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 the road comedian isn't making um, enough money to make a living a lot of times. So. Yeah, well, so what's interesting is, you know, I, I pick up business books for the most part to learn something, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of a bonus to be entertained. Um, but this book, I, I've, you know, flat out, you should, you should go buy this book to be entertained. You know, you can read it in an afternoon. Um, but but what's the what's the lesson that you really want somebody? Is there kind of one takeaway that you want people as an overriding message to get from reading this business book? Yeah, I think the whole thing is about is is it really the underlying thing is to me is the, is the only important case study or benchmark or thing out there is what you're doing with your business and your clients. So the whole point of this is not using QR codes for the sake of using them, not using Twitter because you, you because somebody told, told you to, you know, not doing. Um, uh, certain Facebook things or LinkedIn things or, or, or anything in business because somebody else said you should. Um, it's just really saying if any of these, like out of all the, the, the uh, you know, uh, all the examples in the book, if any of these people just stood back for a second and went, why are we doing this? There would be like two pages in the book. You know, it's just people not stopping for a second and saying, is it a smart idea to put a QR code on that billboard off the freeway? Right. You know, when people are with, with you know, motion plus distance does not equal good scanning like that. Should we really have put this QR code on a on a automatic door that opens outwards and you can't scan it? You know that 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 type of thing. Where should we not be scheduling tweets, uh, let alone having them go out during a national tragedy or catastrophe? Should we not align our brand with trying to leverage Martin Luther King Jr. Day? Like, there's a lot of stuff. You just step back for a second and go, that's probably not a good idea. There wouldn't be this book. Well, uh, you know, you're you're absolutely right. So let me ask you to. Um, because I don't think you share one in the book. Is there? Have you seen personally, um, other than the toilet, uh, the QR code inside the <laughs> toilet? Have you seen personally uh, a really great execution uh, of a QR code use? I see them all the time, to be honest with you. But they have to be in usually enclosed systems. So it's the hospital um, band on your wrist that has patient information, but all the nurses have a direct scanner to pull that up. It's the it's the concert or the the sporting event that has the QR code on the ticket and scan stuff for it. Like I, I see them used well. I, you know, at geek conferences, at tech conferences, they can be used really well because everybody, you know, recognize them because there's so many layers to get through. You got to recognize them. They got to work right, properly right. and go to the right page. So yeah, I have seen them work really well. Um, I've seen Firehouse Subs has some great stat data on putting them on the tent cards on their on their tables and enticing potentially new franchise owners to you know request information. So. There's places that they've worked, and I just the problem is for every one that works, there's a thousand out there that just have wasted space and wasted people's time. Well, I, I think um, you know we mentioned uh, Jay Bear uh, earlier, and he he has a great new book, a fairly new book called Utility. Yeah, and, great one. And you know, I think that that's the other side of of any of these uses. I think a lot of times. Um, when people do marketing really well, it's because it benefits the customer, and mm-hmm. and. So even though maybe our attempt is to sell them eventually, there's some usefulness in what we're doing. And so I think that's where people really miss it on things like QR codes. Is there really just another trick to get us another layer deeper, you know, as opposed to something to benefit us? But And that's the whole – and especially I even see them so much now. It's like marketing or advertising 101, the, you know, the call to action. I see a QR code in an ad or a sign or a bus, and there's no reason or incentive to even scan it. It doesn't even say scan here to get a coupon or more information. It's just a QR code slapped there. 
and gives me no reason to even go there anyways. I'm like, we've lost 101. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, actually encountered one in, uh, in New York City. Uh, I can't remember what building I was in, but there was a, um, an organization, a chair, uh, nonprofit organization doing a food drive, and they were able to get these cans stacked up with labels in such a way that it created a QR code. Right. And so you you were able to stand there and scan it. So it was part novelty, I think, too. Yeah. But, but it was, I thought I thought that was kind of a neat use because of the way they tied it into you know who they were and what they were doing. Well, I saw in Alberta and up here in Canada, they had a um, a, a like a corn maze oh. um, shaped as a QR code from a plane overhead can take a picture. Now, <clears throat> obviously, nobody flying over that's ever going to scan it. But the PR they got for their um, their you know their 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 Halloween fall kind of corn maze. If that increased, uh, you know, their their attendance by a, you know a good chunk, then it's worth it to them. So sometimes the QR code doesn't even, <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, novelty, right? It's just it's just exactly it's the novelty of it. I think that's what we have to realize there. I I love them. I love the idea of them. I really do. But you know, until phones uh, have a native um, application already built into the phone where the camera instantly recognizes it, you know, we're 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 not going the place we need to go, you know. Where Microsoft just dropped support of their tag, yeah, you know, that they're using, and uh, because of the underutilization of them, and yeah. I, we're, we're we're the same with QR codes. Yep, absolutely. Another category I see um, covered a lot in the book, and I see certainly lots of plenty of examples myself is is kind of over self promotion, over self congratulation um, yeah. in in marketing. I mean. <laughs> Is there a line in that? Because I, I, obviously, I'll, I'll give you an example. If you're a speaker, as you mm-hmm. are, you know, talking about where you're speaking next and your schedule coming up for the quarter, I mean, that can have some benefits, but it, yeah. it, it can border towards crossing the line of, oh, I mean, in some people's mind, oh, don't you think you're cool? I mean, yeah. So, so you know, where is that? Is there a line? Or, um, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think, and I'm, I, Again, has, I lean on the the conservative side of promotion because because of you know how much I yell about it. That um, I, I just people know. I think to the point where it's not the ratio isn't eighty twenty. It's not even ninety ten. To me, like I tweeted back in two thousand eight two thousand nine. I tweeted ten thousand times before I ever did any kind of promotional tweet. Now that's excessive, but I think that I just think when if you look at your Twitter timeline. You look at the the past thirty tweets. If you've said something about yourself in a promotion manner, you know now's not the time to say send the next one. I think there's a balance. I think we should never humble brag. You know where it's the uh, I'm so humbled that uh, I'm keynoting to twenty three thousand people tomorrow. I'm like, you know, well, if you were humble, you wouldn't say it. You know, I just think the word humble it's uh is is got a kind of a, an alarm to me a lot of the times where. You know, do I want to retweet every testimonial from every talk or every somebody, somebody tweets my talk? For sure. But I, I love it because I, I, it makes me feel great and it's great promotion. But, you know, for every uh, good tweet or positive one during it, because I, I speak in tweets, you know, it's like a very, very short lines of what I say. For every thousand that are tweeted, I'll put out one um, because we do have to, I think, realize that people are on these social networks, not for us, but for themselves. And the more you promote, the more risk you have to have people leaving, you know, not following you or unliking your brand. And we have to balance that out. How much is it worth the promotion yeah. uh, versus um, uh, the loss of potential followers? Yeah. It's like a bank account, right? It is. Well, this is. It's, we call it social currency here yeah. that, you know, you got to give before you take out. And people will hit Twitter, Facebook just right from the day one and start promoting. And you're, they're wondering why they're not getting any traction. Yeah. 
So throughout the book, you have obviously lots, not only examples, but screenshots and pictures and receipts mm-hmm. and things. Right. Um, where, do you, where do you get all of these? I know you, you probably have a keen eye and ear for them, uh, partly, but, but surely people are now sending them to you. I have become like the lightning rod or head Sherpa on top of moron. Repo- repository. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like the, the, the moron guru on top of the mountain where people are just like, look at this, take this. And I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating. Every day I'll get either an email from the contact form of, uh, of unmarketing.com or a f- private Facebook message on the Facebook page or a tweet that'll say, have you seen this? And uh, to the, here's, the, here's the amazing part, though. Half the time, it's somebody outing their own company. Oh, yeah. And, and saying, don't, don't say I'm the one who sent this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? I become like the, 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 the whistleblower for moronic behavior and <laughs> branding. And, and when, when big things hit the fan, I'll probably get 20 to 30 um, messages from people saying, hey, did you see this? Yeah. And uh, um, I, I, I love it. It's just like an unending stream of content where just every week we now print something out to read on the on podcast about it saying here's our new one you know here's because people just sent it to us between that and uh you know being a big fan of reddit you know there's a lot of stuff that hits there that um uh, you know it's, it's the where geeks unite online you get to see a lot of mess ups good or you know good things and bad things too yeah, and I guess it's the version of the train wreck too, right? We it we, is. we really want to we we like to see that. You know, we're gonna we turn, we're gonna flip to that page. Um, yeah, I get pictures of people various uses of duct tape. <laughs> so we all get different things from people. And <laughs> right. So you mentioned your podcast, uh, really. Uh, um, video uh, production, I guess, um, uh, version. And uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, Yeah. People tune into that? Yeah, we just launched it um, um, about a month ago now. And we we do it fully in the studio um, with, you know, the um, uh, three camera shoot. So we, we, I hesitate sometimes to call it a podcast because people who, podcast is actually a polarizing term I've found. Yeah. And obviously you, you, you know much better than I do, but I found out the industry is very interesting. You know, you have the old guard, the new guard, and the term podcast, people either say, hey, I love them, or I've never listened to them, or I don't listen to them. And uh, uh, so, we, you know, we call it a show, and because we have a full video show of it, a talk show, myself and um, Allison Kramer, who's, who's my, uh, not only my, my best friend, but the person who helps write the books for me. So <clears throat> it's really a talk show style. We do it at, um, you go to theunpodcast.com or on marketing.com. We release an episode every week. We record a bunch at once, so we record um, four at a time in a studio, two on podcasts, and we actually do a Vegas one called the Vegas 30 um, because we both love Vegas. We've been there about 75 times combined, and uh, we do it for uh, people who are over 30 going to Vegas because Vegas is a different world at 21 than it is at you know 35 or 40. So we, we say it's uh, um, too, too old to stand in line but too young to retire to the bingo hall, and uh, we have a blast doing it. We've kind of come out of the gate, guns blazing, and um, I can't wait. We're going to the studio in a couple of days to record some more. And the book, of course, can be found at Unmarketing and as well as uh, all the places where you acquire such reading. Anywhere that uh, your and my fancy books can be found. Yeah, and now I wouldn't think that this would translate to, I'm sure there is a Kindle version, but I, I, would, I would think this is much better. This is one of those books that's much better in paper. It's like a mini coffee table or back of the toilet book, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Well, Scott, uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, hopefully we'll see you. Uh, I know we were talking about off-air. I'll be in Toronto um, 
probably maybe after the show comes out. I don't know. <laughs> it was Soon. October 21st. Uh, either yeah. either it's that now or it's past. But uh, so hopefully we'll meet uh, meet you out there finally on the road. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on, John. Thanks. <laughs>